Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You will say that. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And I love when news breaks right before we hit record. This news broke maybe five minutes before we recorded. Well, it's not quite news. It's just like... It's it's news, if you think about it. Well, nothing is confirmed. It's just like this happened and we're putting pictures up, right? Well, we're speculating. We're Bradley speculating. Cooper and so Jen is... Garner flirty in the boo. What is the boo? Wait, what is boo? Malibu. Flirty in the boo. Malibu. Oh, Malibu. Malibu. That's how yeah. I'm, I'm used to hearing it as an eight-syllable city. The boo. In Malibu. Flirty in the boo. Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Garner, the new Brad and Jen. I can't deal with the fact that it's another <laughs> Brad and Jen. It's like not that Brad and Jen. This Brad and Jen. Bradley. And Jen Garner were spotted on the beach with Bradley's daughter. Can you name Bradley's daughter? I always laugh at this baby's name. It's, sad, it's like but... Leah Sadu. It's like that. I know that's not it because that's an a- French actress. But like Leah Desen like... Shake Cooper. Yeah, it's like Leah Sadu. Leah Desen Shake yeah. Cooper. It's so five words. I thought that she was in a serious relationship, but I guess they just broke up. And he was in a not serious relationship and they broke up. Right. <laughs> Well, TMZ said they both have recently split. So this is, I think, breaking news that Jennifer Garner is no longer with that guy. Can you name him? Like he was just like some the most like generic rich, name of all time. He was like a rich entrepreneur or something. Yes. He, he but what was his name? Like, like, like Doug Williams or something. No, no, no. But even more basic. First like, name basic. Like John Smith. The, the John Miller. You're close. <laughs> oh, my John God. I Miller. honestly was so close. John Miller. And he was just some like rich, cute entrepreneur type and I remember that was like the only because when Ben started dating Anna it was like oh well Jen's great because like she's like healthy she's in love too like it's cool or whatever mm-hmm. the last story about the two of them was an in touch in April of this year and it says Jennifer Garner quote hasn't seen much of boyfriend John Miller because he's self-isolating with his own kids so they were they were both sure, doing their own thing sure sure but they're broken up TMZ is saying they're broken up I'm excited about this if only for the like potential for paparazzi crossover, Bradley and his kid, plus Jennifer and her kids, plus Ben and Anna and well, the cutout. Like, <laughs> we'll get there next week. But Ben and Anna went on a double date with Matt and his wife. I don't forget her name. And like that got photographed up a storm. So can you even imagine a meetup between these two couples? Also, Bradley Cooper has been having quite the summer. Wasn't he just in Connecticut with Brad Pitt and Leo, like hanging out casually in Connecticut? Well, they're constantly in Connecticut lately. I don't get it. Why the I don't fuck get the are they in thing. Connecticut? Can someone call and tell us why all these people are in Connecticut? What's in Connecticut? I've been there. <laughs> Is Connecticut the new Los Angeles? Like, I don't understand. I'll tell you what's there. Lyme disease. That's, That's why I can't the really or- enjoy Literally the origin of Lyme I disease, know. actually. Lyme is in Connecticut. 
Yeah. Lime is everywhere now, but, you know, it started in Connecticut. You just don't like the historical ramifications of visiting Connecticut. You know what's in Connecticut that I love? That what? pizza place. Clam pizza. Two pizza yeah. places. Pepe's. The clam pizza. Frank Pepe's. Frank, love Fred, that. Frank Peepees. Yeah. That's Frank a great Peepees. pizza. Yeah. And, and Mystic Pizza. The iconic Mystic These Pizza These are just the only things you've done in Connecticut. <laughs> you've been there like a few times. And I know for a fact, because I was there for like a few of them, that these are the things that you have done. And so you like them. Yes. But it's also important to note that Jennifer and Bradley Cooper are old friends because of Alias. So maybe it is just friends hanging out. I hang out with my old friends from old jobs sometimes. So I mean, that's the context, at least, to how they know each other. But that doesn't mean their relationship couldn't turn, couldn't have turned romantic. That's what TMZ is implying. Yeah. But there is context to how they know each other, which is your right through Alias. What was mm-hmm. he on Alias? He was on Alias? Yeah, he was on Alias. That was That's how he got started. Oh, I forgot it's how about he, that you know, Brad Cooper is Victor such a, Garber. First of all, calling him Brad Cooper is fucking a, is a mind fuck. But Brad Cooper is like, he's such a chameleon. He's just like, you like forget what he, aside from Star is Born, I'm like, for, I like blank on what he did before that, which is like a weird <laughs> list of things, you know? Yeah. I can't do Victor Garber's voice, but imagine me as Victor Garber saying, Bradley, you're such a chameleon. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, Bradley, you're such a chameleon. <laughs> So you are listening to Who's There, our weekly call-in shows. If you, honestly, if you have information about Connecticut, I want or if to know, you know what what's the going, fuck on, is in going on in Connecticut, if you've seen these people out and about in Connecticut, let us know, because yeah. this is interesting. Or if you have any tips about the new Brad and Jen. A lot of celebrities are selling property right now. Pay well, attention. Of, They're leaving of, the cities. A lot of people are selling properties. I a think, lot of people generally. I but, think also uh, a lot of uh, older A-lister celebrities are doing this. Not necessarily yeah. the young ones. I think they're staying put. But I do think the like, again, I the quote Jennifer, unquote Brad and Jens. Jennifer Lawrence just sold her apartment in New York City and lost a lot of money on it, apparently. Oh, poor thing. I just How will saw she that. Recover? I know. I'm really sad for I'm so sad for her. Maybe she's moving to Connecticut. <laughs> Probably. She's Everyone's like, there. Connecticut. Is everyone she's like, Bradley, are you moving to Connecticut? Oh yeah, because they're friends. Are we all gonna have to move to Connecticut now? Jesus Christ. We're not moving to Connecticut. I mean, we won't be able to afford to if all the celebrities move to Connecticut, we won't be able to afford to move to Connecticut. We'll, oh, and we'll then have New to York move will to get like cheap. New Jersey. No, we'll like be in New Jersey being like Connecticut, you know. Speaking of New Jersey, do you know what my new phone alarm is? This is how I wake up in the morning now. Bobby's almost done with The Sopranos, so you won't have to hear these references anymore. Hopefully, he'll move on. Three episodes left. Um, it's it's time, don't you think? Aren't you done? It's when you get to the end, you're like, I'm done. I need to be over. I'm so sad. Every episode, I'm so sad. Okay, yeah. we have a lot of comments. Speaking of, I'm so sad. No, actually, I'm very happy about this. Scratch that first call. Speaking of, I'm so sad. The the movie industry is so sad that they have to release this movie over streaming. Netflix is in early negotiations to buy Amy Adams' thriller The Woman in the Window from Disney sources confirmed to Variety. Uh, wait, let me read this deadline. Netflix negotiating for The Woman in the Window with Amy Adams' last Fox 2000 Elizabeth Gabler project will be let go by Disney. <laughs> You've been let go. <laughs> <laughs> this is thrilling. In more ways than one. We thought The Woman in the Window was going to be left in the window. We thought she was going to be left in the window, closing the window behind you and walking away. We thought... Wait, did you cut the, the, the airplane jokes from the Monday episode? No, no, I think those jokes were still in there. Where <laughs> the woman in the window is in the balloon, circling above whatever. No, no those are still there. So finally, Netflix was like, okay, you can come down. And the woman in the window landed on a Netflix helipad, I guess, because they are discussing 
with them to release it on Netflix, which is like, I feel like every streamer is like looking around for the big blockbusters that could be and trying to get them on the platforms while they can, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm going to quote Deadline here. It says, quite simply, an adult-themed thriller isn't a good fit for the family-friendly Disney Plus streaming service because it was like we could just throw it on there. And release calendars are going to be overloaded when movie theaters reopen and audiences return, which is a really shady line because it's saying the woman in the window has no chance compared to literally anything else. And it's like true. It's (laughs) like if it's like Tenet, Mulan, like it's like once all these movies flood out, woman in the window is no one seeing Woman in the Window. Thirty? You mean $30 Mulan. It's okay. The full title is $30 Mulan. Well, we'll get there. But hold on. Yeah, finish what you were saying. Are we going to get there? Like some other pictures that have gone from studios to streamers, the Tom Hanks World War II thriller Greyhounds trek from Sony to Apple is a good example. Cash-strapped studios are sitting on finished films and cash-rich streamers can't get enough of them. I wouldn't call myself cash-rich in terms of this because I will not be paying an extra $30 to see Mulan on a service that we already pay for, which is fucking insane to ask that. But I would pay anything, literally any price, to see The Woman in the Window in theaters. Like, that's the <laughs> difference. Do you know what I mean? I'd pay many $30 to see that movie in theaters, but I never I'd borrow would. a hazmat suit from Naomi Campbell. I'd go to the Regal, buy a cherry Coke. But that's why I'm happy about the Netflix thing, because... They don't even have the system to charge me money to see something on top of the money they already <laughs> charged me to see the other things on their thing. You know what I mean? Like Disney Plus being mm. like, it's going to be on Disney Plus and you have to pay $30 to see Mulan is fucking psycho. I kind of think that won't happen. That's too much. I think it's going to happen. They said it's going to happen. That's crazy. Anyways, we're so excited about the woman in the window and she's finally going to get out of the window. Maybe I should just as an experience watch the woman in the window through my own window. And then, like, blog about it slash talk about it on the podcast. If Netflix asked me to pay $30 for a window that they could send me in the mail that I could hold in front of my face while watching Woman in the Window, I would pay $30 for that, even though the movie itself is free. We should both make cardboard cutouts of, like, windows and, like, take photos of our faces in them and start, like, a hashtag movement that's, like, women in the window, like, release women in the window, women in the window. You know what I mean? Like, something like that. That would be fun. No, right? just women in the window in the in window. The- Okay. Uh, Oh, I love this call. I love this call. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Uh, Long time, long time, long time. Um, Doula and student midwife here calling about the Bella twins pregnancies. Um, My non-scientific opinion on their inductions is that I bet they both were induced on the same day. But an induction sometimes can take three hours or it can take 36 hours so my suspicion is that they um induced on the same day and then one baby was born fast and the other baby took its sweet time coming earthside uh, crunch crunch good form wobble 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 i love this theory this is iconic because it's a hundred percent true this this uh, this holds water this is it we got multiple midwives <laughs> calling us, multiple which I'm midwives. obsessed with. Yeah. And they were like, as a midwife, I know how induction works. And my suspicion is that because these two are already reality stars, so by definition, they are like thirsty for attention. Once they are at term, they can both induce on the same day. They did. Multiple midwives suspect this. It is truly incredible that these two desperately tried to have their babies on the same day for press and <laughs> couldn't and it didn't happen for them like one baby was like i will not i will not sign on to this from birth and was born a day later 
I feel like we can expect more from the baby that chose to stay put. Yeah, that baby. That's like the chosen baby. Yeah. Who's which baby is it? I don't even know which one. Uh, Like uh, an ethically shaky sort of experiment where we just follow the Bella Twin children and see what's up. I mean, that baby already has broken free from the prescribed life that his mm-hmm. reality TV mom tried to put him in, you know, the box. And again, we're just speculating here, but let's be honest, people. Duh. Duh. Next call. <laughs> you guys, please stop saying kissed with masks. What What? Are, what are you talking about? What does this... I'm not going to go look up these pictures. What do you, are you talking about? They kissed with masks. Crunch, crunch. Wow. This caller is really upset because we were talking about people who kiss with masks on in the last episode. And I honestly don't even remember which celebrities were kissing with masks on. But Honkin. I was thinking when this call came in, because this person is clearly upset, wow, how are they avoiding all the news that I'm inundated with every day? Because I see celebrities kissing and masks on everywhere I turn on the internet. So I don't know what internet you're on, but my internet is is 90% celebrities kissing with masks on. So I did a little digging to remind myself of how often this happens. And it's even more often than I expected. Lindsay, oh, would you like time. me to read the assortment of yeah. mask kissing that I've seen? Yeah, it's like a little, it's a little stunt. It's a fun stunt. It's a cutie stunt. Exactly. I promise to always take care of you, colon. Brooklyn Beckham professes his love for Nicola Peltz as self-quarantine couple kiss through their masks. And then there's a photo of them kissing in masks. Delilah Bell Hamlin and Ial Booker share a sweet kiss through their face masks as they reunite in London amid COVID-19 pandemic. Cara Delevingne and Margaret Qualley share a kiss through their face masks while out for lunch in LA. Selma Blair and her boyfriend Ron Carlson kiss while wearing face masks before putting their arms around each other during a romantic walk in LA. And then also Sarah Michelle Gellar kissed Selma Blair through face mask for her mm. birthday, which is an entirely different thing. Ariel Winter and boyfriend Luke Benward. Luke Benward. That's three names. Luke Benward <laughs> kissed through their masks. Okay. Gerard Butler kisses girlfriend Morgan Brown through his mask. He has a mask on. She does not. But I think that still counts. And then Nevada casinos reopened for business after closure for coronavirus pandemic. And then there's a showgirl named Jennifer Romas who is kissing a dog. Both of them are wearing face okay, masks. Okay, Both Jennifer is in a face mask Too and far. the dog is in a face mask. And the dog, would you like to know who the dog is? Yes, the dog is Sir Winston of Westgate, a West Highland White Terrier and property mascot for the Westgate Hotel in no, Las Vegas. No, no, yes, no, that no, is no, the Queen no, of Versailles no, Hotel. No, 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 then no. there is Ben Affleck gives girlfriend Anna de Armas a kiss while they both wear face masks Good before he wraps his arms around her during a walk in a I have to say that second to last one kind of made me agree with the caller that this is just ridiculous next call hi Bobby and Lindsay how can we talk about Kevin McHale accidentally giving his boyfriend salmonella by undercooking chicken sausage without first talking about Otavio and Bradley from the ultimate chicken fight on the X Factor UK in 2016. Crunch Crunch. What's the connection? Did you watch the video that I sent you yesterday? I don't think you did. I don't think I did. I think I was doing something else. You were doing something else. So I was like, I don't understand what this call is, but it sounded, you, you know, when you were listening to a call and you're like, this could be nothing, but like there was something in this caller's voice that made me think I have to look this up. Like uh-huh, I have uh-huh, to. Uh-huh. And so I found this five and a half minute long video called number five, Bratavio and the chicken fight X Factor UK top 10 moments, like the top 10 moments ever on X Factor UK. I've okay. never heard of this. Okay. 
And so I'm not going to play the whole clip, but essentially, you know, there's Nicole Scherzinger, there's Simon Cowell, there's Sharon Osbourne, and that other one, you know, the white-haired one, the other judge, the uh-huh. X Factor UK. Uh-huh. And this guy walks in. It says Britavio. The suggestion is that Brad and Otavio were supposed to be auditioning at the same time, okay? But they're alone. And Otavio walks in, and he is wearing like candy striped pants, and he looks like a like a nutcracker, but like sexy, like pink, a sexy, gay, sexy gay nutcracker. nutcracker. Yeah, candy striper, candy striper, and he's clearly upset. And so he sings a song, and it's like he's fine, and they're like, you know what? They're being very nice to him, weirdly. So something is just up, and they're saying, you know, what's going on? You 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 seem like your heart isn't in this. This isn't the song that you was written down that you were gonna sing. Like, what's happening? And he says, well, to be honest with you, and then he says this. Basically, I auditioned with my friend, Bradley, and we had a massive argument over chicken. (gasps) Who is Bradley? You said it was about chicken. He cooked me some chicken. Yeah. And when he gave it to me, it's all pink. Oh, no. You could get very sick. Yeah, I don't want salmonella. So Bradley, his former partner, is watching all of this outside and reacting to it. And here's Bradley reacting. Yeah, I gave him uncooked chicken, but... And he didn't even say thanks, though. <laughs> Otavio goes outside and starts crying. Everyone's being nice to him. And they're like, well, let's bring Bradley in and let Bradley tell his side of the story. And he says... Did you give him undercooked chicken? No, I just made chicken. I didn't leave it in long enough because I was hungry. But then I gave it him. And, like, you could have said thanks, though, still. I know it's undercooked, but I still try you do you know what I mean but you just got the plate and just went he's very upset yeah at the end of this thing they get them back together as friends because they both have to sing songs that they weren't prepared for because they were going to sing a song together it's very sweet but of course they don't win anyway um Brentavio and the chicken (laughs) so we're just so thank you for providing us with another moment in gay salmonella poisoning hi Lindsay and Bobby um I just listened to the Who's There episode, and I take umbrage with Lindsay saying um, Kenny Loggins just has that one song from Footloose, and nobody knows what it is. I love Kenny Loggins, like, unironically. It's not, like, a yacht rock joke for me. Um, but he is, like, on every soundtrack from the 1980s. Caddyshack, excellent song. And Caddyshack, too. I also love that song, Nobody's Fool. Um, what else? Oh, Top Gun, Top Gun, and Danger Zone. That's the big one. I would say probably more people know that song than Footloose, just because it's funnier. I don't know. And there's also another song on the Top Gun soundtrack, but, like, my coworker played it for me, and I was like, oh, yeah, that is fun, and it's, but it's, like, kind of hammy. And um, Meet Me Halfway, a beautiful song from movie Over the Top, which I've never seen Over the Top. I believe it's an arm wrestling movie starring Sylvester Stallone, a movie about arm wrestling competitions. But the song is beautiful. I really like it. Um, Yeah, so I love Kenny Loggins. I interact with that Kenny the most, more than those other Kennys. I totally forgot about Kenny Chesney. He's a who for me. Um, Yeah, so... Kenny Loggins love. Thank you. Crunch, crunch. From all of the calls, the many, many calls you received about Kenny Loggins and how much um, straight people love Kenny Loggins, um, I 
am willing to adjust my Kenny rankings to put Kenny Loggins and Kenny Chesney on the same level, like side by side almost. So Rogers, Loggins, Loggins, Chesney, and then what's the last one? G? No, no. For me, G is higher than... And also I fucked up because I said G had a Lonely Island thing. He didn't. That's Michael Bolton. I mixed up Michael Bolton and Kenny G, which I would say is an arguably okay mix up. Like that makes total sense <laughs> for me to do that. But I do still think that Kenny G is above Loggins Chesney. But I do think that Loggins Chesney are would be side by side via the amount of calls we got being like, Loggins, don't you know the Top Gun <laughs> soundtrack? And it's like, bitch, like, no, get out of the 80s. Like th- this is the, he's the most 80s artist, right? danger zone i don't think it really affects the ranking ranking. fundamentally but we could have mentioned more of his songs but we could always could have mentioned more about anyone we talk about but i just i'm willing to inch him up alongside chesney i agree that chesney and loggins are probably on the same step of the kenny Mm -hmm. ladder the kenny who them ladder hey guys i'm calling in about the kenny discussion (laughs) um so the most themmy Kenny in the world is absolutely Kenny G because, okay, so I'm a journalist. I've been living in China for like the past six years. In China, whenever like a building or a public business is going to close, they start playing Going Home by Kenny G. Like it's just kind of like a nationwide accepted like signal that that like the mall is closing or like (laughs) a shop is closing or whatever. They start playing that. Um, And not just in like Beijing, Shanghai, like the more international places, but like truly everywhere in China. So when you factor in the fact that like there's a billion people there, then like the other Kennys just don't stand a chance. Um, I'll give you an example, like the gym I used to work out at in Beijing. Um, it closed at 10 every night, but at 9.30, they would start playing Kenny G's Going Home on Loop for the full half hour until 10. So as far as I was concerned, it basically closed at 9.30. But uh, yeah, just wanted to clarify that. Crunch, crunch, bye. I don't think I know that. I don't think I can. Wait, I have if to play you, the song. If you hear it, you know it. It's be- It's very beautiful. I don't know that at all. Well, you don't live in China, I guess, because (laughs) apparently it is one of the most famous songs in China. This news got written about in like 2014. I missed it completely. This is the closing time of China, although closing time is not really even used the way this is used. It's just, you know, theoretically used that way, you know. This New York Times headline is funny. China says goodbye in the key of G. Kenny G. That's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. Okay. Um, that's cool. Does that bump Kenny up? I, th- I don't know. Everyone loves Kenny G. Hi, Weekly. Long time, long time. Your recent conversation about Ellen Barkin knocked loose a secondhand story that I heard through a family friend about her a couple years ago. And essentially, this friend of a friend 
son was dating and living with a girl who had just landed a job as Ellen Barkin's personal assistant. And the two were planning on moving from New York to L.A. together. They had listed their apartment and everything. Um, but the girl flew out early, and apparently Ellen Barkin told her that in order to take her career seriously, she needed to break up with her boyfriend, and she did it, leaving him effectively homeless and scrambling to get a new apartment with, like, a week to spare or something. It was a huge bummer, but I think this story only confirms the impression you two have of Ellen Barkin. Um, crunch, crunch. Exactly. 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 The Reed needs to have Ellen Barkin on their podcast, <laughs> a special breakup with him episode where <laughs> Ellen Barkin just tells everyone to break up with their boyfriend. I mean, Ellen, this story just proves that Ellen Barkin's got to host Ellen. Ellen Barkin for Ellen. That's the only answer here. You can keep calling it Ellen. It's the Ellen show. It's just Ellen Barkin now. Okay, next call. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, so I'm just calling about Mimi's boss. Um, this is speculation but also just like some more insight to her situation i guess um she was raised in scientology she was actually on leah remini's show um the scientology and its aftermath show um and they are like known homophobes so i don't know i just like wanted to give that insight because i feel like it makes it even more fucked up um for, like, the producers of Love and Hip Hop or whatever reality show to be like, oh, like, your girlfriend's cheating on you? Is your girlfriend cheating on you? Because this is, like, probably the first time she's, like, been able to comfortably be out of the closet now that, um, you know, she's not involved in Scientology anymore. I'd forgotten that she was on this show. I watched the entire Aftermath. That was a great series. Wow. Like, truly. And I watched the entire thing and I totally forgot about her being on it. Uh, this was in the second season. I didn't watch the second season, so I never saw this, but I did watch the entire episode this morning and it was really good. I forgot how, <laughs> I just forgot how funny it is. We joked about this at the time, but like the Scientology Aftermath show with Leah Remini is, yes, it's great. It's harrowing. It's depressing. It's very well done. But like Leah Remini is the most photogenic listener. Yes. You know, like she's worked on this her whole life. Yes. I feel like if you were some sort of, you know, yes. to talk about body language experts again, oh, but like the way she sits, the way her facial expressions change subtly, like they're not distracting. Everything about it is so fine. Well, think of how many hours Leah Remney has to sit listening to JLo. Just blah, 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 <laughs> blah. She's perfected her listening. And it is funny because you would think Leah Remney and actually you she's a talker. She's a she's a yeah. Long Island talker, right? Long Island. Or she's just a really fucking good actress because oh, Brooklyn, on that Brooklyn, show, Brooklyn. she's always listening. Oh, Brooklyn. Okay. Well, Brooklyn. You know. She's a Brooklyn talker. A Brooklyn talker. She so is, you are so right. Incredible. And also the um again, a very serious topic, extremely good journalism, extremely good production, but the the very odd couple coupling of the Scientology British guy and Leah Remney always cracks me up, you know, because he's like, yeah. yes, Leah, da, 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 da. and she's like, yeah, well, you know, and it's so, it's Mike. very, um, what was the show where she was in where she played the wife? And he's Australian, Kevin, by the way. King of Queens. <laughs> Not British. <laughs> Whatever. Like, it, there's yes, like a King of Queens, yes. There's like a posh accent and then there's kind of like a Leah Remney moment and it's just very like, <laughs> it's very King of Queens, like coming back to you, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. Um, also, speaking of LASIK, there's an iconic King of Queens episode where she no. gets LASIK and like thinks she's going blind. Stop um, saying I there's just, an that... iconic King of Queens episode. <laughs> I don't know. Like growing up, literally, my what did the Finger family do? We ate dinner together and we watched King of Queens. Like okay. I don't know, and CSI. <laughs> Okay, back to Mimi. Watching CSI with my family, with my mom just going, this is disgusting. But like every <laughs> Thursday night, <laughs> every single Thursday night, we'd watch CSI together in high school. And then she'd just be like, Ugh, this is gross. <laughs> it's like, why are we doing this? Okay. um, Back to Mimi. So Mimi goes on the show. And it's this the the story is actually I, I'll, I'll put I'll so pepper sad. some clips in, but it's really sad. And and if you watch the show, you know that like there are shades of this story. And but Mimi's story specifically, if you haven't if you don't know anything about Scientology, you're like, oh, this is straight up a cult because everything they did to them and to her family abuse. was yeah and child abuse. But like taking advantage of this like of her mom who's clearly like unwell and manipulating yeah. her yeah. to leave her family because it's like Mimi was like my brother was in college my brother was at the University of Georgia so he was out of the house my sister was living alone like my sister had an apartment she was grown I was like a, the young one I was nine yeah and so her mom falls into Scientology they move from Georgia to Clearwater they move into that iconic blue building yeah. which I didn't realize used to be a hospital and was like run down and she was like it was rats and cockroaches the entire building it's yeah. disgusting so she lives there for four years then they want her to, her mom gets really into it. And then at some point they ask her to sign this b- the the like, billionaire contract. Right. The like when she's 13. dedication and she doesn't yeah. want to sign it. And they're like, okay, bye. And they, kick, and her they kick her out as she's homeless at 13. At that point when I declined, they said, well, then you have to leave. And you're home? 13. Just like that. And, and your mother was there with you? Yes, yeah, she was. And what was your mother doing during this time? She was out of here. Right. I mean, not there. And they gave me a deadline, which was 7 p.m. That day. That, that same that day. same day. They didn't give me one red cent. Not even $1.50 to take the bus or a blanket. Here, go sleep on this park bench. Nothing. And then they sent people up to escort me out of the building. A 13-year-old. The, the church claims, oh, well, no, she wasn't homeless. We made sure she had an adult. And she's like, no, they didn't. She had to, like, find someone at school. She was still going to a Scientology school, which kills me. So she's like, even though you're out, you're still stuck on this web, sort of. It's unspoken, but she's like, very nice parents let her move in with them, of one of her friends. And so yeah. that's kind of who she lived with for a few years. But it's still sort of suggested, because she's at a Scientology school, that those parents are Scientologists. She's which, just not participating anymore. Which you think would be not allowed because she would be considered somebody who's suppressive yeah, or whatever. Suppressive. suppressive but person. maybe that doesn't really count if you're a child. I'm not sure. And then she moves out. She like becomes an adult, moves into her own apartment. And mm. the mom comes over. She's like, we, have, we actually have a good night. We drink wine. We have dinner. We talk, 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 talk. And then the mom leaves and is very upset and goes back to Scientology, whatever. Then Mimi gives a little more details and she finds out that the mom was upset that she was living this like sinful lifestyle. And Mimi reveals that she had taken in a friend who was on hard times and had a roommate. And this friend was a lesbian. And the mom was like, I can't believe, like, I don't approve of your lifestyle, insinuating that Mimi herself is gay. And Mimi doesn't say that in this interview, because, again, this interview was released in 2017, maybe filmed in 2016, unclear, but it was released in 2017. So there are, like, suggestions that Mimi was already dating women 
before she publicly dated women and that there's more to her having trouble coming out than we originally realized from love and hip hop. Like the Scientology angle has a lot to do with this. Maybe right, it makes more sense with yes. her story for sure. Yeah. So Lindsay, you know, last week we were complaining about like getting the same type of gall over and over again. And like, it just won't stop. Um, yeah. The thing about podcasts is that, yeah, a lot of people uh-huh. listen day of, but a lot of people listen a lot later uh-huh. And so that leads to us getting <laughs> calls like this on August 4th, 2020 at like 11 p.m. at night. Uh-huh. I just had to pause the podcast to call and tell you about my favorite hooey ice cream that doesn't no. have in it, which is Moose Tracks. No! Um, it's usually like a vanilla. No! Swirl and I'm like, sorry, I, you like, seem nice, but I kind can't. I had it for the first time in I'm Alaska. So I think happy it was developed there, you. but I have since discovered this that Target torture. brand ice cream, You're which is very nice, the best but ice cream, I can't. Does have uh, yes, I know it's a who, but it's delicious. Highly recommend. Crunch, crunch. <sighs> I feel bad for this caller because this is a perfectly fine call, but like I am just. You're if late. I hear moose tracks one more time, my I'm gonna moose track you know (laughs) i don't know but (laughs) i was in florida this past weekend and guess what was the talk of the town your mom's aura frame the aura frame the aura frame kept it was scrolling through every photo i was like oh oh there's that oh there's that oh i'm like where'd they get that photo there's always a photo where i'm like where'd they get that photo how'd they get that photo I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know, they love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not yeah. crops. It'll just oh. be like a cropped iPhone just be photo a full that's Instagram. on the aura frame. Exactly. With comments and everything. It'll just be on. <laughs> it'll be zoomed in sometimes. So it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No. But do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm-hmm. figure, it's a great Mother's Day gift, whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your oh, yeah. aura app. And, and you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting. You got to be careful. Photos you got to be a little careful with that. But you, you, should, you could do it. But you should do it. You got to be a little bit careful. But <laughs> Aura Frames it. are Wi-Fi connected and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura Frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Who is Holly Robinson Pete? Crunch, crunch. Oh, we're on questions now. Yeah, we're, we've we've gone past comments. We're on questions. Who was Ra- Holly Robinson, Pete? Um, <laughs> I was not. E- I was not expecting this call in the year of our Lord, twenty twenty. Like, <laughs> what is she up? Like, usually when somebody calls and says who is someone, I can in my mind, I'm like, oh, they did this, or oh, there's like a news thing, or oh, they just got cast in this, or oh, this movie just came out. I must say, I have no fucking clue why this person wants to know who Holly Robinson, Pete is. First of all, is Holly Robinson Peter who were them? I definitely knew who she was. I I she's would call a her who, 90s a who. them. 
Sure, but like definitely a who now, I would say. Yeah, but she's I know also... you. I, I mean, I watch Hang with Mr. Cooper too, but like I would say she is a who now. Yeah, I would still call her a who. So Holly Robinson beat most iconic for me because she was the star of Hang with Mr. Cooper. What's my theme music? <laughs> most well-known for people older than we are because she was a star of 21 Jump Street. Um, the original. The original show, 21 Jump Street. But she's also one of those people who's been on a million television shows since then. And yeah. she's also a uh, Hallmark movie queen. You know how Vivica A. She Fox is. got the bad teacher? What was it? The wrong the wrong teacher, the wrong something? Yeah, and yeah, And yeah. Candace Cameron Bure has, like, the mysteries. Uh-huh. Um, what does she have? Holly Robinson Pete's are morning show mysteries. She plays oh, yeah. a woman named Billy Blessings. And here are some <laughs> of the names of the movies she's been in. And now a sneak peek at morning show mysteries, death by design. Morning show mysteries, a murder in mind. Morning show mystery, mortal mishaps. Welcome to Morning Show Mystery, Murder on the Menu. Having that many Hallmark movies, and that's not even all the ones she's done. She's done other ones like Christmas and Evergreen and A Family Christmas Gift. That's like very lucrative, I would say. Yeah. She was Holly Robinson back in the day when she first started. And then she married a famous quarterback named Rodney Pete. And they're still married? I took his last name. They're still married, yeah. So when I was trying to figure out like why this person called about Holly Robinson Pete... I was doing a little digging and I found out that she also started in a reality show that was on OWN mm. and it was a reality show about her family and it was called mm-hmm. For Pete's Sake and it ran two seasons on OWN, For Pete's Sake and it chronicled the life of her, sake. Rodney and their four kids, one of whom is their daughter named Ryan and their mom, Dolores. Then that uh-huh. show got canceled after two seasons. This is what is iconic about this. For Pete's uh-huh. sake, which is a great pun, was canceled. Then they moved the reality show to Hallmark Channel, where she has an existing relationship right because she's in those murder mystery movies. And then the show was renamed to Meet the Pete's, which I feel like is counterintuitive because you would think Meet the Pete's would be the first one and then it would be For Pete's sake would be the second one. Well, it's just funny because they couldn't use that one again. Like, meet, like <laughs> yeah. For Pete's sake was perfect. And then they were like, well. Oprah was like, like you're not getting this name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't get like we don't get to use this again, I guess. So we'll do just meet the Pete's. It does rhyme, but it is not as good as for Pete's sake. It's not as good as for Pete's sake. It is the same concept because it is still about just the family and what's going on with them. And obviously they already have existing fans. Is it that still show on? also ran for two seasons before getting oh, canceled? No. Okay. But I guess Ryan became sort of a little bit famous. She was the the young the young daughter. Ryan, mm-hmm. this summer, during the very end of Pride Month, so at the end of June came out as gay on Instagram. Ah. That got a decent, a decent amount of headlines. Not like a huge amount of headlines, but like a, a decent, decent amount of headlines. Also, it's like the a funny good thing about fit. this is this was Hallmark's first uh, reality show. And I think they gave it to her because she, she was an in-house Hallmark player almost. Mm-hmm. Like she'd already done four or five movies for Hallmark. And she was probably like, let's reboot my reality show here. And they were like, we'll try unscripted. Sure. And this was their first unscripted reality TV show, which is kind of a big mm-hmm. deal, I would say. And it lasted two seasons. Um, the other thing that Holly gets headlines for, apart from her acting now, is because Ryan, the newly out lesbian, mm-hmm. has a twin brother named RJ. 
and right. RJ has autism. And so right. Holly is does a lot of like celebrity autism spokesperson work. Like she'll go on morning shows, she'll go on talk shows, and she talks about autism, like autism awareness stuff. Mm-hmm. But the most interesting thing about Holly Robinson Pete, so I kind of knew all of this stuff. Holly Robinson Pete is nepotism. I didn't know that. She's nepotism beneficiary in like is one of the Who most is... interesting ways that we've talked about ever. What is that? Her dad was one of the original stars hosts of Sesame Street. No way. No yes, way. Matt Matt Robinson, who played Gordon Robinson on Sesame Street, like the OG Sesame Street, was mm-hmm. like on the on the stoops. He even voiced a Muppet that was like a short-lived Muppet named Roosevelt Franklin that was like even released an album. But he was like a famous actor in the 70s and 80s. That's He's, she's so nepotism. Funny. That's so funny. Anyway, so well, that's Holly Robinson Pete. If the you like, family biz, the family, the family biz. biz. Yeah. What is your when you think of Sesame Street? What Other is twins. the what is the first song that comes to mind? Um, honestly, what not a classic, but Elmo's World. You know that song that kids love now. Elmo's World. Elmo's World. Elmo's World. Yeah, it, I told you it's not the classic, but like I know oh. there's more classic Sesame Street songs. You're trying to get me to say one that he sang, but I'm not going to. The one that comes to my my mind is. Um... That doesn't ring a bell for you. <laughs> no, sorry. Wait, did he sing it? Is that why you're playing it for, or you're just playing it me because you're just no? I just it. had a tape that had that song on it, and that was oh, what okay. I listened to a lot. I okay. and it was pigs, and they sing. I got a new way to walk. Okay, the next. song I was thinking of is Elmo's song, and it's the theme song. It's Elmo's theme song, and it's like la 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 la, la, la. Elmo's song. That's like the new generation of Elmo lovers song. Is that's what sticks in my head. Last thing about Holly Robinson Pete, even though we took that Sesame Street diversion, was she was one of the original hosts of The Talk. And she got fired after one season. She was like an inaugural host of The Talk. Wait, why did she, do you know why she got fired? Because I have all this stuff in here. The rumors mm-hmm. are it was early on in The Talk, so they were still trying to figure stuff out. Also, talk shows are such a tumultuous place and like such a volatile yeah, yeah. environment. I mean, like, who, wants, even, who wants to fucking work for a talk show? Get at it. Like, every time we talk about talk shows, I'm like, who would want to do this for a living? It sucks. Julie Chen Moonves had it out for her and fired her why? and fired Leah Remini after the first season. Well, Leah is a hot topic. But what? They were fired the same time. They were at the fired at the same time. So they just like didn't show up after the first season. And at the time, the like contemporaneous reporting about the show is like all rumors about how much of a monster Julie Chen Moonves is. And this so is before, funny. this is 10 years before the, the, the Les Moonves like accusations, before she was truly added as a monster. Leah Remney, icon queen and legend, said on Twitter, she said, Sharon, Sharon Osbourne, thought that me and Holly were, quote, ghetto, her words, and were not funny, awkward, and didn't know ourselves. Sharon said that she asked for us to be fired. I didn't claim this. She admitted this on Howard Stern. She claimed she and Pete were in the dark about their firings until Osbourne made the radio confession. We didn't know why we were let go. And then Osbourne went on Twitter and said, in response to Leah Remney's comments that I had her fired from the talk, let me just go on the record and say I had absolutely nothing to do with it. And I have no idea why she continues to take to Twitter to spread this false gossip. Oh, my God. So there was drama. And Holly was like, I'm not even commenting on this. No comments. No tweets. I'm smart. Bye-bye. You can't turn Leah Remini off. Please. People have been trying to turn Leah Remini off for decades. She does not shut off. 
She's a perpetual motion machine. Like, scientists are studying Leah Remini because they're like, she has the, like, key to infinite energy. <laughs> and she's like, I'm always listening actively. <laughs> <laughs> but I love this last quote that I saw from, like, 2006 or whenever the talk was premiered, 2009 or something. One of the anonymous sources who's complaining about how toxic it is to work on season one and two of the talk says, quote, <laughs> it's the Les Moonves show starring his annoying wife. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Layla George? Lila George? Who is Sean Penn's new wife? Thank you. Me inside. Sean Penn got married to his girlfriend. She's now his wife. Her name is Layla George. I have to say I skimmed over her because I had thought that I already like looked her up and did this and she wasn't interesting or something. I guess I thought I don't I don't know what I thought. But I'm so glad that you called about this girl. Normally, uh, I don't think we I don't think we even want to touch Sean Penn. With a 39 and a half foot pole. So Layla George is an actor, but she's also Vincent D'Onofrio's daughter. Well, that's I mean, not to take away her acting career, but she is her own is person. In, but... She is Vincent D'Onofrio's daughter. <laughs> and here's a fun fact: Vincent D'Onofrio is 61 years old. Sean Penn is 59 years old. Those dudes are three years apart in age. Two. Just a fun fact for you. Two? How many? What's the math on that? <laughs> Two. Two years apart in age. So that's fun, right? <laughs> like, I don't like talking about age much, but it is, it's worth noting that your new husband is basically your dad's age. There was a time, I'm sure, when Vincent D'Onofrio and Sean Penn could conceivably be in the running for the same movies. Like, now they're very yeah. different. But, like, yeah. throw it back to 1992 and maybe, like, gruff, yeah. tall white guys. Like, I don't know. It is also funny that Vincent D'Onofrio has this kind of, like, rep as being this, like, tough guy. And it's like, are you going to beat the shit out of Sean Penn? Like, is like how is this okay? <laughs> I mean, they've been dating for a long time, these two. So they've been dating for four years. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Vincent's used to this Sean Penn in his life. But like, I'm also kind of like, oh, you know what I mean? The last thing of note that Layla George was in is that she starred in the 2016 remake of Mother May I Sleep with Danger that was on Lifetime, which was when James Franco was like doing all of these different. He was like in a soap opera. He was doing Lifetime movies. He like wanted to redo this movie with the original actors which included tori spelling so Mm -hmm. he was in this and leah played the role that i think tori played when the film was first on the like 1996 film no one cared and no one watched it no one cared because (laughs) i'm sorry no one cared the the big misread with that whole thing was that mother may i sleep with danger was iconic for its name People yeah. remember the name. People didn't necessarily remember the content. And so the, the conflation of those two things like made it so like, okay, so James Franco's in a bad Lifetime movie. If you're not a person who already watches bad Lifetime movies, you're not just going to suddenly start watching bad Lifetime movies. Like that has to already be your thing. That was what was so weird. What was like they thought they were like, or James Franco and like Lifetime were like, we're going to subvert it. And that's why people will watch no. this because it'll be like a play. And it's like, no, it, it it's just going to be the people who want to watch Lifetime movies, watch Lifetime movies. You're not going to make Wig other people do that too. In. Like Kristen Wiig yeah. did lifetime movie and then it was like but i don't i don't want to watch these bad like i don't want to do that <laughs> i know even if i like Kristen wick okay um addendum it, sean penn is 60 not 59 so they're only one year apart amazing and there's more this i real this is weird so her mom is this actress named greta scotchy when i looked through her filmography the only thing that i really recognized her from was emma she's the gwyneth paltrow emma she is yeah who does she She's Emma's governess. 
And oh, so, okay. Yes. Who gets married? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Who gets so that's the only thing that I really like. I'm looking through her filmography. She's like a working actress up until but very she, recently. Like she has BAFTAs, she has Emmys, she has she kind of has all of it, especially the international awards. She's like done a ton of theater. She's like out here, you know. Like, she's Italian. Yeah. She's an right. Italian woman. As an Italian woman. As an Italian woman. She's also married to her cousin. <laughs> Okay, so that is what got me. Stop me dead in my tracks. I was reading her Wikipedia, and I have to say I gasped a little because it's the the way that it's written out. It's so straightforward. It just says, um, where is it? It's a personal life. Um, <laughs> Scotchy was in a relationship with New Zealand musician Tim Finn from 1983 to 1989. She had a relationship with American actor Vincent D'Onofrio, with whom she has a daughter, actress Layla George. Scotchy is an Italian citizen by birth. She applied for British citizenship after turning 18, but was refused again on appeal. She is a dual citizen of Italy and Australia. Scotchy is married to her first cousin, Carlo Mantegazza. <laughs> they have a son born in 1998. I was like, what? You know, it like clicks on the many links that are like And it was cited. a scandal, as you discovered. It, it was a big scandal was, at the time. It was a huge scandal. And they kept it secret, her and her cousin. And then the she went to the mail online and did an interview or something when she was pregnant. And she said she had to like say everything about who the baby's father was and who she was with. And she said, uh, my dad, Luca, was deeply offended and quite devastated. He was very angry. Several uncles were equally outspoken in condemnation, declaring the relationship with uh, Mantagaza unacceptable. And her daughter, Layla, who was five at the time, was like, this is terrible. Even though she was five years old, I guess she had, she's, she uh, weighed in. I mean, not that this makes it wh- whatever you, it's like they didn't know each other, the cousins. They like mm-hmm. only had met a few times. I don't like talking. This is just like she's married to her cousin. She's married to her cousin. She's married to her cousin. I don't first know what cousin. else there is to say. First cousin. She's married to her first cousin. Kristen Cavallari posted a photo with her and Stephen Coletti. This is what we deserve in 2020. Stephen Coletti doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Who cares? Steven! Steven! You have to put in some clips of her going, Steven! Steven! Was she like, Steven, where are you? Steven! Steven! For like 15 minutes, I'm like trying to sleep. That's all I can hear. It's like echoing. The Hills, Laguna Beach references. This is so specific. This is such a small window of millennial culture that I'm pretty sure does not leak out anywhere else. That the fact that Kristen Cavallari posted a photo... With Steven. There's like a two or three year max age range where you cared about these people. And if you were not, if you could not have theoretically, maybe so that makes it four years. If you could not have theoretically gone to high school with these people, you don't give a shit. But if you could have gone to high school with these people, they are your classmates. That's true. (laughs) It's kind of like giving a shit about people you look at in the yearbook. You're like looking through your yearbook and you're like, oh, them. Did like they like join the army? Did they get married? Did they get divorced or whatever? That's like me. That's me seeing a photo of Kristen Cavallari and Stan sitting on his lap. Yeah. Is that they're not back together because they're not in masks. It's unclear where they are in the photo. Jay Cutler deleted everything on his Instagram. Quote, we're told Kristen was down in Laguna to visit Steven and Alex Mural, another star of LB, the real Orange County, Laguna Beach. And that's all there is to it. Okay, fucking TMZ, I'm sure. And then the other, well, the uh, the reason why this is at all relevant or maybe anything at all is because she recently filed for divorce. Her show was canceled. She was in the news for that, as you know. And I guess around the same time Ugh. she went to visit him, Jay Cutler deleted his Instagram. 
So people are like, hmm. Page Six wrote about this this morning, and they have a source who says that after that photo went up of Kristen and, and Steven, everyone was like clowning on Jay on all of his social media. And so he got annoyed Aww. and then just... Aww. scrubbed it all because he was sick of like the fan armies coming after him that's honestly kind of annoying that's, that's annoying. annoying Steven but it's like Steven is literally like Steven is no one I know it's true like who cares he Steven. wanted to be an actor for a while and then he was in some what is he in, he was in One Tree Hill I didn't watch One Tree Hill but he was yeah, in I One Tree either. Hill I don't, I don't I, want to look him he up. doesn't he doesn't matter and I but the thing is I still like Kristen <laughs> I still yeah. like Kristen is the problem yeah no, well, she's, I had to say Kristen is likable because she's a huge bitch and you can tell that that's her real life personality, which was always why people liked her because she was like this compelling bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I think she would appreciate being called a bitch. I would. I want nothing more than to be friends with Kristen and for her to call me a fucking <laughs> asshole or worse on the phone. Like, ugh. Or worse. Or worse. You're or worse. <laughs> Or worse. Bitch being on like a Zoom a Zoom call with Kristen Cavallari and she just gets mad and leaves. And everyone's like, did Kristen just leave? Did she just sign off? Kristen definitely yeah. signs off from Zooms without Kristen, saying goodbye. <laughs> she doesn't even sign on to the Zoom. She's like, I don't fucking Zoom. <laughs> did Kristen just leave? <laughs> Do white people know who Jay Chow is? Um, anyway, Scarger Yummy Pop, good for Bella Thorne. Bye. As myself, who is a white person, and I at first I said no. I was like, no, mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. And then I Googled him, yeah. and I was like, oh, I do know who he is because he plays a role in one of my, Bobby can attest, favorite movie sequels, Now You See Me now 2. Now You See Me 2. That is a sequel to Now You See Me, <laughs> the original. And we are going to get a Now You See Me 3 or a Now You 3 Me, but we don't know when that is. <laughs> I had the same experience. I I did not know who he was by name, and then I looked him up, and I was like, "Oh right, that guy." Um, now well, you see me too. Green Hornet. Green Hornet. He's in the Green Hornet, which too. is a nightmare so, movie. Right. But he, so Jay Chow plays movie. these small roles in these American films, but actually in China, he's Taiwanese. He is extraordinarily famous. He literally is the quote-unquote king, the king of Mando Pop. He has his own genre, essentially, that he is the king of. And I was listening to the music, and it's really fun. also has a fashion brand and he's but the thing I love about him is he's really horny for magic like he has a Netflix show in which he does magic tricks in up in like around the world <laughs> like he that's loves my favorite magic thing about him. <laughs> that's why he was in now you see me too just because it's a passion project he just loves magic yes yes do you I, like wow what are your thoughts on magic oh I have thoughts I'm talking like Vegas magic like big bombastic magician magic yeah oh well okay so I saw the Chris Angel Broadway show I'm, uh-huh. I don't think many people can you say that, that they saw the it yeah 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 it was incredibly bad but there's also something so fun about it I've also been to the magic castle in LA which is famously that a building that houses a bunch of old magicians and people get invited to go and you kind of walk around and there's all these old guys doing cards. And I think I think magic is fun. Mm-hmm. I, li- I like it. I like cards. I like it. But I think the culture around magic is is inherently bro-y and like mm-hmm. will and like is going to be is very hard to separate that 
from being like very broy, don't you mm-hmm. think? But I do yeah. love Now You See Me. So I don't know. Maybe I have mixed feelings about magic. How do you feel about magic? I think the only way I would enjoy magic is if I went to that sort of, you know, Caesar's Palace magic, that Broadway magic. I think like yeah. as a spectacle, because it, it's just so obviously fake. I like magic whenever it's not a magician pretending that it's real. Like I don't like David Blaine magic. I don't like... Wait, so what do you, what magic do you like? You know, like growing up, there were the, I don't even like the David Copperfield magic. Like when it's on TV and they're like trying to make you think that it is real, like they're trying to be serious about it. I'm like, shut the fuck up. But whenever it is the sort of ostentatious over the top, let's do this in front of a big audience magic. Like if you're there, it's funny. It's, it's, it's easier to fall into. What's wild is that we don't actually have in the 80s and 90s, we had these big magicians who would do these stunts on TV Mm -hmm. or, you know, in public. We don't really have that anymore. Even we had David Blaine. He would like at least chain himself up to a box and hang over times where we don't have somebody who does that. Right. Like we don't because remember Copperfield was like, I'm going to move the Empire State Building. And then he would like do it. And it was like some camera trick. And everybody was like, "Ah!" you know, like, (laughs) he no, he he uh, he moved Lady Liberty. Remember Lady that? Liberty, yeah, because I remember that. And I then watched if that live. there's a great podcast, I don't remember, but it's about how he faked, like it's totally fake. You know, obviously he faked yeah, it course. and it was like a whole thing. But the way that he did it is very interesting. And whenever you find out the way that they do the magic tricks, it's always amazing, mm-hmm. which is why I loved the series where it was like magic revealed by that like mm-hmm. masked guy. He was yeah. like telling you how to great. do the tricks. That was great. That was great. But we don't, but I'm just saying we don't have a celebrity magician right now who does these bombastic televised stunts, right? Maybe we need Jay Chow to really get into it. Like, I mean. But, like, you need an entertainer. Like, I, I, I like, I prefer it when it's entertainment, when it's not, when it's just supposed to be cool, where it's not so serious. Yeah. I think there's a, there's, no, that's I get not what a you're huge saying. distinction. You, you like the spectacle on the show of it all, not yeah. necessarily, like, the, the idea of, like, magic tricks, meaning, like, hide this card or, like, you know, and I there's a coin like, between, there's a coin in my ear. Like, you're not into that. And I feel like I'd almost, it's all, it's sort of like, this is a weird comparison, but it's almost sort of like baseball where it's also like, I need to be there. I don't ever yeah. want to watch baseball on TV, but if I'm at a baseball game, I'm like, this You're is there. really fun. I have a good if time If you were doing in front of some old guy and he was doing card tricks, you would love it. Because yes, it is yes, like exactly. fun and it is exactly. like skill. You're watching skill, it's a skill in front of you. You're watching skill. sleight of hand and you're like impressed by it. And you're like, how did you know that? But like. And then I, Now You See Me Too yeah. is good magic because it's just CGI cards going up and down people's clothes for okay, 10 minutes. <laughs> you, I already talked about my issues with Now You See Me and Now You See Me Too. And the, my main issue oh, is that issue. they're never quite clear whether it's actual magic or magic. Like it's, it is, there are things that happen in the show that are truly just like they float in bubbles. Like they float, they are in bubbles and they float in bubbles. And you're like, that is straight up CGI magic. That is not that is not practical magic. Well, the thing about now you, the Now You See Me series, the Now You series. What is, is the thing about the, it? The thing about the Now You series is yeah, yeah. that it has it both ways. And I think successfully, because in the first one, they are con artists. They are fake magicians. They are tricksters who find out that magic is also real. So mm-hmm. th- they can do both. <laughs> they can do, they can do. But that's the, the thing. It's they can do the street magic. They can do the street magic that is just sleight of hand, but they can also take control the of the con. powers of true right. magic. So it, it's it's a combination of, you need to be an expert in the sleight of hand to like truly master the like, let's float in bubbles magic. I want to think that like, it's all it's not real magic none of it's actually real magic but you just don't know the answers to every single trick that they do i think it's supposed to be that like 
But the thing is, sometimes they solve tricks and sometimes they don't. And that's what's confusing because you're like, either you solve all the tricks for me or you don't, you know, or you or you say this is that's the confusing part. Can we go back? We need to go back to Jay Chow because we have gotten so far um, from him. But basically, he is like a multi hyphenate to the extreme in China. And he is one of the most successful entertainers for his with music and with literally everything. He sold like 30 million albums or something crazy like that, says his says his Wikipedia. He's mm-hmm. married to another actress who was in the movie Skyscraper. I don't know if you ever saw, but it was wildly entertaining. Yeah, her name is Rock. Hannah Quinley. She's really good in Skyscraper. And I'm and as someone who saw Skyscraper. Who was she in Skyscraper? I don't remember she's her in Skyscraper. The, she fights Selma Blair. Like she has a Oh, she's fight. a villain. Oh my god, she's she has villain. different hair in Skyscraper. She's a villain. Oh, she's okay. a villain. We were looking to cast Shia, this ice cold lady assassin, and I was watching a bunch of audition tapes and I put in Hannah's tape and she just had a baby and her husband was pushing her in a wheelchair in the hospital and she held out two guns and was firing them and saying all the lines and I just was whoever this is, I gotta have her in my movie. I thought she was perfect for this role. In her audition tape for Skyscraper. Jay Chow is pushing her. She just had a baby and Jay Chow is pushing her in a wheelchair and she's holding two guns and like pretending to fire them. <laughs> like what? Skyscraper? I didn't love. I liked a lot of Skyscraper, but I was like, God, Skyscraper should have been so much better than what it was. But don't you think Skyscraper was like the closest we've come to having the spirit of the Bruce Willis films, the um, Die Hard films. Better than San Andreas. It's better than San Andreas. It had a very simple premise. It was a very international movie, which I loved about it. It like mm-hmm. it felt like a movie that it could take place anywhere, and yet mm-hmm. it took place in like a skyscraper in I think Hong Kong. Like it felt very vintage in an eighties way that I liked, or an early nineties way that I liked. Mm-hmm. But you're right, it wasn't a perfect. It wasn't perfect. But they gave Nev Campbell some good fighting scenes. They did. And Hannah got to be a henchwoman, which we love. <laughs> I know. She was great. But yeah, I mean, I don't think, I think most uh, white people would not know who Jay Chow is. Gotta say. American white people, I don't think know him by name because it's just, I don't think it's, his biggest American movie was The Green Hornet. And that movie was, even though it made money internationally, one of the reasons probably that The Green Hornet was as successful as it was, was because of him. <laughs> You know, like when well, that movie is released is, overseas, they see it because of Jay Chow. When it's released in America, they see it because of Seth Rogen. Right. They're thoughtful when they cast people who are very, very famous abroad, you mm-hmm. know? And I, but yeah. I think it's like that's how you could maybe have a crossover, but, you know, TBD for him. And now let's play a game of who or them. I love my Helix mattress. I love my Helix pillow. What else <laughs> is there to say about Helix? I freaking love it. <laughs> What when I sleep to, on other beds, what is there I else get to say mad. is that I come back to my bed and I'm like, this is the bed. This is the bed. And it's honestly spoiled me for other beds. And I don't like traveling sometimes because I'm like, this is not my bed. Where's my bed? I want I've my bed. It, I've made it's it's my special bed. It's my special mattress because it is a mattress that is made for my body. Mm-hmm. I took the Helix quiz. It told me which Helix mattress to get. And that's the one I got. And that's the one that I love. And that's yes. the one that I will not stop mm-hmm. using because it's the best mattress I've ever slept on. Mm-hmm. The mattress is so good that when we got it, my cat Winston became obsessed with it. And now he's on it all the time. And I'm no like, way. you have to move because no I way. need to sleep on the bed. It's my bed. It's not your bed. Wow. He's obsessed with it. It's wow. irritating, actually. Wow. He likes okay. the Helix rude. so much. So rude. Everybody is unique, and I mean everybody, two words, because everyone sleeps differently, their bodies are different, and that's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific seat positions and feel preferences. I'm a side sleeper slash stomach sleeper. Some people are back sleepers. Some people are exclusively side sleepers. There's a Helix mattress for all of you. Not only is the Helix the best mattress I've ever slept on, 
it, the setup was fast and easy. Their mattresses are delivered in a box and straight to your door. You just open it up and it like kind of like blows back up at a, after it comes out of the plastic and you put it on your bed and it's amazing. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. And if you don't want to take our word for it, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash who. That's helixsleep.com slash who. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. I'm calling because of Nina Dobrev's Activia Yogurt Spawn on Instagram. Um, Spurred the question, do you think that Jamie Lee Curtis knows who Nina Dobrev is as she passes on the Activity Spawn? Thank you. Bye. Nina Dobrev is the new face. She's the new gut of Activio Yogurt. Her gut is the gut. Move over, Jamie Lee. There's a new gut in town. <laughs> I've always said Nina Dobrev has the most enviable gut in Hollywood. <laughs> it could get so gross. Like the joke. Her microbiome. So gross. My oh. microbiome is quaking, honey, when I look at <laughs> Nina Dobrev's microbiome. Robust collection of bacteria. You okay, only wish okay, you had a more okay. diverse, as diverse of a gut microbiome as Nina Dobrev does. Do you think they sat down in like a? I just see them sitting down in a conference room, like Activia, whatever agency they hired, and they're like, "Let's throw some names on the board." Who out there seems like they have a robust microbiome? And then we just start like listing names. It's like she looks like she uh, is regular. This woman looks like she's regular. Activia, this, oh no, they didn't headline that you were telling me about. Activia recruits Nina Dobrev and Daybreaker for a virtual dance party. And it talks about this like really funny press release about Nina Dobrev. Oh no, they didn't just with... publish the press release as <laughs> so is, which fun. I thought was iconic. Like they, they didn't even like say. <laughs> just they didn't need to. <laughs> they didn't need to. It's hilarious. I love them so Some much. things like... don't require editorializing. Like you just like, no, right, post the fact that right. Nina Dobrev is doing Activia spawn in the middle of a quarantine. And you're like, I'm laughing. <laughs> I am laughing. It's like the the meme, the like the smiley face. I am laughing. I am laughing. Does the first comment Curtis? Okay, what's the first comment? The first comment. I know they didn't username where their avatar is uh, two gay porn stars fucking, but cropped so you don't see them fucking, but they're clearly Uh fucking. And the comment Uh is digestive queen. (laughs) Like that is that is oh no, that is the perfection of one they did. That is culture. That is culture. Right there. That's culture. That's culture. Um. So wait, back to the question at hand. Does Jamie Lee Curtis know who Nina Dobrev is? I would say she definitely knows the young person who took her uh, her yogurt job. That seems obvious. She would know who she was. She took the job. Maybe. I think maybe the caller was wondering, like, does even though, yes, she's sort of taking her job, she's, you know, taking the the baton, so to speak. But the baton is just like a gigantic tube of probiotic yogurt. She's taking the baton. Does Jamie Lee Curtis really care? I would say Jamie Lee (laughs) Curtis cares. I would say that Jamie Lee Curtis follows things to a point. Well, I will say that Jamie Lee Curtis does work with a lot of young actors because she still is actively in a lot of movies stuff. like Come the on. Halloween stuff with all with knives always out. have young people knives out so I would say that unlike many unlike some other older star who really doesn't give a fuck Jamie Lee is out here working with the likes of you know young young people literally young people <laughs> young people mm-hmm. in film so I don't know it's hard to say that she wouldn't uh at least know who she was or at least have an idea does Sir Ian McKellen know who Ian Summerhalder is. Thanks. Crunch, crunch. 
Speaking of vampires, I love that we have these back to back. Nina Dobrev and Ian Solmerhalder. Does Ian McKellen know who Ian Solmerhalder is? I would say 100% no. That's neat. That kind of feels like a no. I would say maybe leaning on no. I would say no. Why would you say maybe? Because I would say maybe Sir Ian McKellen saw a photo of Ian Solmerhalder once and like <laughs> uh, said something literally like, oh, hubba hubba, who's this young gentleman or something like that. Stop. But then like beyond that, <laughs> Has has no Ian sense McKellen. Yeah, I I I don't. I just like. I think no. I just like don't see the connection. I just think Ian McKellen does not care about shows on the CW or the you know ongoing life of Ian Somerhalder. The only reason that he might is because he's another famous Ian. And sometimes I think like if you're a famous Ian, you know who other Ians are. You might. Yeah, maybe. Not also, Ian McKellen, I just would argue, is probably one of the horniest people like in acting. Um, yeah, so. he's definitely horny. You're right. So maybe he's just out here knowing what other men look like because he's yeah. horny. Um, but I, yeah, I'm going to say no. And also, Ian McKellen, definitely them. Ian Somerhalder is he who were them. One, two, three, who. who? Yeah. If not because of knowing who he is, because he has such hooey behavior, he is a mm-hmm. huge who. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shane West's real name is Shannon Bruce Westgarth Snaith. Crunch, crunch. This isn't really a who them question, but I felt like where else is this supposed to go? <laughs> Shannon Bruce Westgarth Snaith. I cannot believe Shane West's real name is all those names. It gets worse as you go. Shannon Bruce. What is it? Shannon Bruce. Shannon Bruce Westgarth Snaith. Westgarth West. Shannon Bruce Westgarth Snaith. 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 So Shane West's name could have been any combination of all of those things. Like it could have been Bruce West. Bruce mm-hmm. West or yes. Bruce Garth or something or Bruce Snaith or Shannon. It could have been Ron Bruce. Shane Ron. Okay, those are all bad. I guess he chose the best one. <laughs> okay, so here's the question. Yeah. Shannon, Bruce, West, Garth, Snaith. Who were them? One two three who who definitely shane west who are them one two three who who yeah <laughs> yes okay well yeah it makes what would no you difference say whether his, he's shannon what or would shane. you call yeah. his most iconic role for you for Lindsay? uh better uh uh um um can't uh one of those can't hardly waits whatever whichever whichever one of those movies well, that he, he was, was not in can't hardly wait no, he wasn't, though, the one that's, like, adjacent to in that. In places no one will find. Oh, a walk to remember. Yeah, there a you walk go. to remember <laughs> is 100% his most iconic. Yeah I, yeah, I would agree with that. But it came out It came out along the same time as those other movies. It was in, yeah. He was also iconically one of the people who played themselves in Ocean's Eleven. There was, like, Topher yes, Grace played himself. In the, yes, in the poker game. Yeah, Topher of Grace course. played himself. Shane West played himself. Can you name the other people in that poker, poker game? There are five people playing themselves in that poker game. Shane West, Topher uh, Grace. John Favreau, maybe? No, no, no. They're all young. I only know Topher Grace. Josh Jackson. Uh, oh fuck, you're right, Josh Jackson. Two more, and who two else? more. A woman I'm and not, a man. Uh, Seventh Heaven. Oh, Jessica Biel. No, no, that the man. Barry Watson. There you go. One left, a woman. Similarly, WB, but a woman. Second tier WB. Second tier W. Give me another hint. Charmed. Oh, Holly Robinson. No, not Holly. <laughs> Holly Robinson Pete. You're close. Um, You're a third of the way there. 
uh, Holly, 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 Holly. Marie Combs. Marie Combs, but she played someone named Holly. Am I wrong? No, Holly Marie Combs is her name. Yeah, Holly Marie Combs. Okay, great. Okay, yeah. Well, now her name, she married someone with last name Ryan. So now her name is Holly Marie Combs Ryan, which is too many names, Holly. <laughs> I knew it was Holly. Okay, Holly okay, Marie okay. Combs Ryan. Yeah, he was also, That's Shane fun, West fun was fact. also in Get Over It, which I would say is a less oft mentioned I never uh, contemporary saw of those. Oh, it's good. It's fucking good. It's Even good. when I was that age, I was like, I don't need to do this. No, but so, it's like, I never saw, you know what other movie I never saw? Yeah. Drive Me Crazy. Never saw it. Wait, really? Never saw it. Never, it's ne- so never cute. Felt like you got to see it. Yeah. It's so cute. Adrian okay. Grenier's first big horny role. Okay, anyways. You got to add these to your list. Get over it and uh What list? <laughs> what is this crazy. list? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> add it to your list. Okay, what's next? Hi guys, long-time listener, long-time caller. So I've recently been sucked into the world of criminal minds thanks to TikTok where the teens are obsessed with criminal minds, which I didn't realize it was possible, but it is. I had never watched the show before, and they're particularly obsessed with Matthew Ray Goobler, and then I didn't know if he is a who or a them. I mean, I think I know, but I wanted to call and ask because I feel like I think the teens think he's a them, and I think, like, at some point he was sort of a them. I think he's a who, but the name is so, like, you know the name. Anyway, these are my questions. Crunch, crunch, me and Greece. This is our friend Ray. Full so this disclosure. A, this is nepotism. Is one of our best friends, call. Ray. <laughs> this is nepotism. Ray has the audacity to call in and say, "Is Matthew Greg Goobler a who or a them?" She knows the answer Rachel? to this question. I think. I think what Rachel wants Rachel? to tell us, and I do appreciate her, uh, like letting us know because this is a very Ray, to- a Ray like type of subject, which is that. Teenagers love Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds, I think, is a themmy show, but it's also a CBS procedural, so it's like a very particular category of themminess. I just like learning that there's a show, and this was always this will always be the case, and I'll never watch this, but I'll never watch the show. But to learn, oh, like this is a show that is like coming back, and this is because a star that teenagers are horny for because all of a sudden they're watching this show that honestly I could not even tell you the name. Of. Like I until now, I'm like Criminal Criminal Minds, like. Who is she, you know? And guess how many episodes of this show there are? Um, 324. You fucking, you bitch, <laughs> you're on the page. <laughs> yeah, 324 episodes. We've got Mandy Patakin, we've got Shamar Moore, we've got Matthew Gray Goobler, we've got no one else I care about. Oh, yes. Vanessa, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt eventually appears. It's yeah. just like, it is a hugely one, popular two, procedural. Three. Who? Who? Huge who. Yes. Yeah. Rachel? He's a Rachel. Ho. Don't call us Rachel, again. Rachel, thank you for calling, but he's a who. <laughs> Rachel. Rachel. Okay, uh, next. Next call. Hi, Bobby Lindsay. It's Nora and Eden. Hi. And we are having a little disagreement about M&Ms. I think that there are only two M&Ms, and they are both thems and they are plain, and they are peanut. And Eden thinks there are all kinds of M&Ms that are also them. And so we both thought, who better to ask than you guys? Crunch, crunch. Bye. Okay. I didn't think we were talking flavors. I thought we were talking the colors. And I was going to say green M&M, sexy green M&M is number one. And then yellow peanut M&M is number two. Yeah, well, they have personalities. 
everyone knows the green M&M is a sexy lady. Come on. Don't but let red me and yellow, me But red and yellow are the OG. They're sure, still but them's. green, green flew ahead. Green and then yellow kind of at uh, the second. Green is like, like Samantha a... Jones. <laughs> yeah, you know she is. Okay, so fine. If we're talking flavors, I will not, I will stop talking about the personalities of the M&Ms. Fine, I will. The themiest M&Ms, I would say the two thems or the maybe mm, the two thems, I would say are only chocolate, milk chocolate and peanut. That's exactly what I would say. They're the only two them M&Ms. You know who is a close, who's almost a them of M&M flavors though, like on the borderline of them. No. Peanut butter. Peanut butter. Thank yeah. you. That's my fave M&M. Uh, I. Oh my God. They're uh, so good. The I would say almost. In your mouth. Ugh. Oh. Yeah, and I also prefer peanut butter. I don't. Pref- I still prefer Reese's Pieces because I think it's a better ratio. And Reese's is Reese's has perfected the peanut butter to chocolate ratio. But M M&M and M peanut butter mm, are a little more satisfying because it's it's a different type of peanut butter, but it's also a lot more peanut butter. The ratio mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. let's load them with peanut butter. They're right. a bigger size. Right. Reese's Pieces are a nice like my favorite movie theater snack. Uh-huh. Reese's Pieces, but a lot of theaters. Shout out to Williamsburg Cinemas, the first theater that I've ever gone to. Uh, where whenever you order candy, they say room temperature or frozen <laughs> because they keep all so, the candy I in love the freezer that. as well. I think that's and I was so like, that's I, the smartest thing in the world. I have a fun fact for you. Speaking mm, of Reese's Pieces, okay. In 1982, the Mars Candy Bar Company rejected the inclusion of M&Ms in the oh. new Steven Spielberg movie, E.T. E. That's my favorite fun fact. Competitor Hershey, on the other hand, took a chance with their Reese's Pieces, which are similar to M&M's but contain peanut butter with the movie's blockbuster success. The candy dramatically increased, perhaps by 300%. So basically, E.T. made Reese's. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite fun facts. It's so cool. Like Reese's Pieces only is as popular as it is because of E.T. And because no, and because Eminem said no, thank you, no, thank yeah. you, sir. We don't want to be in this movie. How dare <laughs> no, you? No, thank you, sir. No, thank you, sir. So let's talk about the other flavors. Um, what are some other flavors let's, that? Let's, what are let's. some hooey? What are some hooey Eminem's flavors that you like? Well, peanut butter would be number one, and I would say pretzel and crunchy are fun, and I have bought them before. I think also we have almond, which sometimes is considered by me to be something I would maybe want. Um, <laughs> but the all the other ones. All yeah. the other ones, I would say, are shit. Like, a lot of them sorry. gross me out. Like they're like they have a new run of them. Have you seen the new run where it's like toffee, jalapeno, Thai coconut, English toffee? No. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. not. I've here had for most that. of them. Sorry. Caramel. Nah, you know. Our friend oh, Megan was really into M and M's flavors, and I got to try a lot of them because she bought some one time. One of my last like hangs with them. That's actually really sad thinking uh-huh. about it. Um, Dulce de Leche is really good. And tres leches is really good. And the Mexican jalapeno is really good. Sorry, I'm done. I'm way more open to new flavors of Kit Kat bars. I'll chase any. I think new. I'll do any flavor Kit Kat bar. Mm-hmm. But M&M's, I'm, I'm always going to go kind of traditional. Trad yeah. M&M. Peanut butter or plain? What is your, if, if you had to pick one of the two. Peanut thems. butter. A hundred percent peanut butter. No, I'm sorry. Plain or peanut? Plain or peanut? Peanut. Peanut, yeah. Don't you A agree? peanut M&M is. Ooh. As much as I think I prefer overall, gun to the head, plain. Why do we always end up talking about food? It's fun. <laughs> it's universal. M&M's. Everyone it can enjoy fun. an m M&M. You know I was really into for like a short period of time? The minis. Just fucking throw those down the gullet. Just pour them right down your throat. <laughs> and the little, the little pop top. The little pop top. I had a really crazy 
insane obsession with M&M's minis and I kept all the tubes and I kept them in a drawer in my no, bedroom you didn't. when I was a How kid. many tubes did you have? I had a lot of tubes. So then like what happened to the tubes? Did your mom like find them and you had to throw them away? Were she like, you can't keep these? I was like, I just thought they were cool. And I was like, I'm going to do something with them. And I never did anything with them. And I kept all of the tubes. And then one day I was like, this is stupid. And I had to throw them away. It's sort of like the time when I was like a little kid, I kept all up until I was like in high school. I kept every birthday card I ever received. Wow. And all my birthday cards were in this like folder in this drawer. And one Uh time my sister was like, I was looking for something. And my sister was in my bedroom. And she saw like my thing of all my birthday cards. Uh-huh. We're talking, I was maybe 16 or 17. So and many birthday cards. she was like, you keep all your birthday cards. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, I used to do that. And then I was, it was dumb. And I threw them all away. And oh. then literally the moment she left my bedroom, I threw them all in the trash. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, wow. She's the best. Like the persuasion just like. Fully. Oh yeah. My sister is like the Tony Soprano of my life. She, she could tell me to do anything and I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm just thinking about all the things you could have done with all those mini M&M tubes if you kept them. You should have kept them. Think of all the things you could have put in them. Okay, uh, we're done. <laughs> oh my God. Thank God we're done. Wait, this, we record. Okay, I don't want to get into it, but it's a really long recording. <laughs> yeah, I'm at 2.11. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Who's There. We can call in show call on at 619 Who Them if you want to leave a question, comment, or concern, or talk about candy. Uh, <laughs> um, this is this was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> support us on patreon.com slash weekly for twice weekly bonus episodes and occasional other bonus episodes. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And we will see you on Tuesday with another episode of the main show. Bye everyone. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, um, medium time, first time, I guess. Uh, so Time Daily came up on the show for the first time in a really long time. And it made me realize that there's like something that I probably should have shared a long time ago, which is that I lost my virginity in Time Daily's bed. Um, yeah, I was uh, close with one of her grandchildren and we went to boarding school together and we would all um, like go get fucked up in her apartment when she was in LA and uh, we would like you know pick up her Tonys and her Emmys and there was like no Wi-Fi there and yeah we would just like be high school drunkards there and uh the night it happened I was like I'm probably gonna bang my boyfriend I was 16 and uh her granddaughter was like just don't do it in my grandma's bed and I was like totally um so yeah it's the story I don't know if this is the kind of thing that you guys like to play uh but I figured that it was worth a share uh live and live you to laptop crunch crunch bye hi Lindsay and bobby it's live a british hooligan first time caller long time listener and i just have to pause the latest episode of who's there i'm sorry to carry on the ice cream debate but you talked about vianessa and i can confirm it is a british ice cream dessert so you know don't give brayers all the credit because it was started by british ice cream giant company wolves in 1982 and it has been a staple of British culture ever since. So, yeah, please give Brits the credit for this because we deserve it. Scott Joe, me pop. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Long time, long time. I just had to stop Friday's episode and call in to say thank you so much for your conversation about Hui and that mean musical Kenny's. I feel so incredibly vindicated. So I have friends who named 
their Bernadoodle, Kenny Doggins. And I've always thought, like, oh, that's really funny. But I didn't um, – I never quite got the reference. Like, I knew I was missing something. They also have a cat named, like, Eisenhower and a cat named Mr. Miyagi. References I get, obviously. Uh, but never never quite grasped Kenny Doggins, but just, like, never admitted that. And a few weeks ago, after a few drinks, I admitted to my husband that I never got the reference, even though I'm obsessed with this dog and love him to pieces. And my husband almost laughed me out of the house during the pandemic and would not tell me what the real person's name was until I went through the alphabet and went Boggins, Coggins, Doggins, et cetera, until I got to Loggins, and I didn't think it was a real name. Because I was like, Kenny Rogers, Kenny Chesney, Kenny G, like those people I knew, and I knew like I could sing their songs. Uh, and then he told me Kenny Loggins was real and then shared his music, which is iconic, and I know and can sing word for word. But, um, yeah, thank you so much for putting Kenny Loggins last as the whoiest. That just – that makes me feel like I won that argument. So I appreciate you guys. Me and Grace. Crunch, crunch.